Welcome to the Chronicle Headlines. This is Amris Edwards. This week, we'll be speaking to Kristen Getsky, staff reporter at the Columbia Chronicle, about her story of students participating in plays centered on the gun violence epidemic in the U.S. at Columbia. Next, we'll be speaking to co-editors-in-chief Noah Jennings and Cameron Coutinello about the return back to campus. And lastly, we'll be speaking to staff reporter Samhara Abu-Raba about Columbia seeks to engage sophomores as many navigate their first in-person college experiences. In our first story, staff reporter Kristen Getsky reports about Columbia students participating in plays centered on the gun violence epidemic. The first play, titled American Origami, is adapted from photographer Andres Gonzalez's photo book consisting of six years of photographic research of mass shootings in U.S. schools. Mays is the director and book adapter for American Origami. The second play is titled Hashtag Here Too, performed by 15 Columbia students, whose aim is to amplify youth activists combating the gun violence epidemic. Pitts McAdams is the lead advisor and co-director for Hashtag Here Too, alongside senior directing student Ashley Keys. Thank you, Kristen, for coming on the show today. How's it going? It's going good. Thank you for having me. I just wanted to ask a few questions about the piece that you covered. Can you explain what Tectonic Theater Project is? Sure, yeah. Um, so Tectonic Theater Project is a de- developmental company uh, that creates and produces work for the stage. Um, and they're based in New York City, and they basically, you know, make plays that they're not going to be seen on Broadway. You know, they're not like the cutesy Hamilton or Grease. They basically go out and they find important topics that not many people, you know, want to talk about. And uh, they use their own theater making method, which is called uh, moment work, which is where uh, people in the theater project collab with each other and, you know, create these raw and emotional scripts for these plays. And uh, Barbara Pitts McAdams uh, and Jimmy Mays are longtime uh, members of the Tectonic Theater Project. Hashtag Here Too Productions have been performed by students at various U.S. colleges since August 2019. It's now being performed at Columbia. Could you explain what Here Too Productions are? Sure. So uh, the Here Two Productions, um, which was started by Pitts McAdams and Mays, is they go around to different uh, colleges and areas. And basically, um, the directors and the students work together to uh, interview youth activists in the area and pull stories from the youth activists and make it, you know, a script. So if they talk to some youth activists who talk about the March for Our Lives, then that's what, you know, that specific scene in the play will be about. So it's just drawing from real life experiences from people and, you know, making it in a theatrical way. For the hashtag here to play, do you know what uh, activists that they spoke to or what topics that they're trying to cover within that play? So I know I spoke to uh, Giselle, who is a um, Columbia student, and she actually interviewed her old roommate. And the old roommate basically talked about how, you know, the adults in her life weren't really as supportive with, you know, the things she went to. So she participated in the March for Our Lives, you know, the George Floyd movement. And that uh, scene basically is going to talk about, and they have a podcast about it. And, you know, that podcast and scene is basically going to talk about how it is uh, very important that youth are involved because, you know, this is the life we're growing up in. We've, you know, seen it since we were young. 
And in order to, you know, expect change, like we are the ones who have to do the change. So that one basically just talks about how, you know, the older generation doesn't really understand that youths have a voice and why are we doing this? We're not going to change anything. Well, we can. We just, you know, have to start somewhere. Where can people find the hashtag here to podcast? So it's actually um, at this radio station or they can find it on Spotify with um, hashtag here to. And what did the actors learn from participating in hashtag here to an American origami? So from what um, I was told in the interviews was that, you know, this is a very, very different um, experience that all of them have done. So what American origami and here to do, it's called devised theater which is where instead of, you know, giving the script day one and just memorizing your lines, um, it's more involvement. So the students have been working since, you know, last spring and over the summer to go out and either interview youth activists themselves and, you know, create sound bites and pulling, you know, the most like juicy and like raw stuff from those um, interviews to make the script. And then in American Origami, they, um, have based their play off of Andres Gonzalez's book, American Origami. So, you know, the people that Andres um, interviewed and from the pictures that he took, they kind of created the script around that book. So from what I was told is that it was a very different experience, but they are all very glad that, you know, they're going through this because, you know, it's a topic that's very relevant in our lives, but we just like to brush over it. So in order to like dig deep, in it and really, you know, get the raw side and the real experience. They said it's changed them in like all the best ways to be more, you know, aware of what's going on. In the play Hashtag Here Too, Caden Marshall, a senior musical theater and ASL English interpretation double major, said that the cast will be implementing trigger warnings along with QR codes and include information about activists involved, data and statistics used in the plays, and information on how to become involved in gun violence activism. What did you learn from covering this? So um, from what I learned is while interviewing people, you know, something as small as a play that's going on can, you know, make such a big difference. After I talked with each one of them, you could just see, like, how important this topic was to each of them. And out of all the experience that they've gotten, just... You know, gun violence is a really big epidemic in Chicago, and it's really important that, you know, people in Chicago are speaking up about it and people are listening. So with, um, you know, Caden and speaking about the QR codes, if, you know, an audience member is like, huh, you know, that was interesting, that statistic that they just used, or, oh, I really want to learn more about that person that they just portrayed. Uh, these QR codes are a way that the audience members can really like learn more about uh, what ha happened in the plays and also ways that they can also be, you know, activists and get involved. So, you know, by uh, interviewing them, I also learned about, you know, gun violence and just instead of going over, you know, the first layer, it's really like digging deeper and how important that is. Thank you, Kristen, so much. Both plays will be performed October 13th through 21st at the Guest Theater, 72 East 11th Street. Tickets are available on Eventbrite for $10 to $15. American Origami is the first act, which will be followed by hashtag here too after intermission. This is Nathan, and you are listening to the Chronicle headlines. This semester marks the Chronicle's first semester back in person. With the return, 
being the Chronicle's first paper issue since March back in 2020. With us today is one of the editors-in-chief, Cameron Cutinello. Welcome, Cameron. Hi, thanks for having me on. Thanks so much for being here. Can you explain your role as an ESE for the Chronicle? Yeah, so um, our job as EICs is to pretty much run the Chronicle. We hand out assignments, we accept people's pitches, we edit their articles, we publish to the website, and kind of just make everything run as smoothly as possible. What's it been like being back in person for the Chronicle? Because I know that, you know, over over the summer, that was remote, right? Yeah, we were completely remote for, um, I started in the spring semester, but they were completely remote for the entire school year last year and the summer. So it's been really just exciting to be back in the back in the newsroom and kind of having that energy get back up and seeing people in person who I've been working with for six months and had never even met. That was just super exciting. Great. And then I guess we can go more to the challenges. I mean, what were some of the challenges of being remote versus being in person? Yeah, I think um, so being remote, there's just a lot of communication that needs to happen. And so just making sure that everyone's on the same page is definitely a little harder than when we actually see each other face to face. Um, The challenges now, we're kind of a more hybrid newsroom. So we do have work happening remote. We have work happening in person. So it's just kind of finding that balance between the two. That's been a little bit of a challenge, but I think we're kind of hitting our groove and making it work. And then what would you say would be your proudest accomplishment so far for the Chronicle as an ESE? Um, I think just managing this kind of return to the newsroom, we had a really successful hybrid training week, which is something that we were pretty kind of nervous about doing. It was our first ever real hybrid experience where we had people both remote and in person. So navigating that and kind of really having a successful week where we were able to teach our new staffers so much was really, really good. And I know you mentioned the return. Um, what was it like kind of having the first print issue? What was that like for you? And I, I know you mentioned you grabbed a stack for your, your family, your grandma. <laughs> yeah, that was on uh, my grandma had actually texted me the Sunday before it came out. And she was like, you better get me a copy. Like, I need to see you in print again. <laughs> Um, And it was just, yeah, it was so exciting to see our names in print, see all of the hard work pay off, and just walking into that door on Monday and seeing the paper in newsstands, it was just like, I've never been excited for a Monday before, but I was so looking forward to that moment just the entire weekend. Wasn't the box outside of Pete, wasn't that uh, empty? Yeah, a lot of them got emptied, which was super exciting because there's always that kind of worry that all of this will be in vain and no one will even read it. But we right. had a really, really good response to our return, which we were so happy about. And then I guess um, one question would be if someone wanted to get involved with the Chronicle, uh, they were you know, being a photojournalist or being a reporter, how could they do that? Yeah, so we'll have applications open most likely in November. Um, For anyone who wants to apply, we accept reporters, photojournalists, graphic designers, ads um, salesmen, um, social media people, pretty much anyone and everyone, you can have a place at the Chronicle. We are a paid position, so there are limited spots, um, but we also accept any pitches of freelance work. If you ever want to pitch a story or a cartoon or anything to us, we're always open to that, and you can send those to um, management at columbiachronicle.com. 
Great. And I'm not sure how much you can kind of tell us, but I mean, what types of stories could readers look forward to this semester? What, you know, what's, what's in store? Just everything to do with Columbia. We want to make sure that we continue to be the voice of the students, of the staff and the faculty, because those are our readers and those are our people. And we want to represent them in print and cover the stories that are important to them. So expect a lot of event coverage, some hard-hitting news, just a lot of, lot of good stuff. Great, great. Well, I know I'm excited. Um, well, thank you so much for coming in, Cameron. Of course. Thank you. Uh, you can still pick up the return at the Chronicles newsstands, which are located throughout the buildings. Thank you so much. Thank you. With us today is co-editor-in-chief of the Columbia Chronicle, Noah Jennings. Thank you for coming on the show today. Thank you so much for having me. As mentioned earlier, the Chronicle published printed issue The Returns September 27th after about a year of publishing e-editions. There must have been a lot of work behind the scenes to transition back to printed, and I wanted to ask you a few questions about that. What are some of your responsibilities as editor-in-chief? Well, as editor-in-chief, uh, I'm kind of just the point person for all overarching things with the Chronicle. Um, so all sort of final decisions end up going through myself and through Cameron, my fellow co-editor-in-chief. Um, so whether it's the stories that you read in the return issue or simply editing the stories that end up on our website, um, those final decisions end up going through us. So every story that goes on the website is edited by both of us, and we also web every story onto the website so we physically transfer the stories from the editing stages to the website um, and then from there it's just kind of the day-to-day -day of checking in with reporters and photojournalists and all the staff members and making sure that they're in a good place. How was the transition from managing the Chronicle in the summer via Zoom versus now being in person? Yeah it was definitely interesting there was a lot of planning that had to go into it um, between myself, Cameron, and Travis and Curtis, our advisors, um, because of the fact that we were doing a brand new type of training for the fall um, in order to accommodate for everyone to have a hybrid modality. Um, so thankfully I had that time because I, came, I became co-editor-in-chief in May. Um, so thankfully I had the opportunity during the summer to work remotely and really get a handle of that and then work on towards hybrid and working on something new then. Um, so because of that, I got a lot of opportunities to sort of judge how that transition would work out. Um, so I definitely enjoy seeing so many more people than I did before, obviously. Everything was just on the computer and on a screen. So it's nice seeing people, but there definitely still are remote elements um, involved. So it's, it's more, there's definitely a lot of similarities in a sense because of how many times people are working remotely or in person. So that's, that's still, you still have to use those same skill sets a lot. What's been your most rewarding accomplishment or moment so far as co-editor-in-chief? Man, I guess I would say the return issue itself, I think, so far has been the biggest accomplishment for all of us um, because, you know, we had to suspend print, as you know, in March 2020, um, and so because of that, we only have three members of our staff who pr prior to this semester had ever worked like in person in the office. Um, and I was not one of those three. So this was an issue that was made uh, by pretty much 
uh, for all intents and purposes, a new team in a way that came in without a whole lot of experience in that regard. Um, so I'm incredibly proud of especially the management team because it was a pretty much a completely brand new management team that made a lot of these important decisions for laying out the issue and all that. Um, but the whole staff in general, so proud of, and it's so rewarding just seeing um, people pick it up off the street and stuff, you know, seeing the boxes empty is such a cool feeling, um, especially the ones like all three, we had to take them off the street for the marathon, but uh, all three of the boxes that we had outside were empty when we took them off the street. So that was just a really cool feeling to have. What tools did you learn uh, being an EIC during remote managing that you've applied during in-person? I think a lot of just communication skills. Like I really had to hone in and be super intentional about communication in remote work. Um, Because, you know, if you're just in the office, you can go up to someone and say, hey, what's going on with this? You know, X, Y, Z. But if you're, if it's remote, you know, you have to like be very intentional about it. Like, okay, I have to send this message and write it out and do this. And then you essentially almost have to have like a checklist of the communication that you have to do for the day that in a normal world would just be like small talk that you wouldn't think twice about. Um, so it's made me much more intentional about my communication. Um, and I still have to use a decent amount of those skills because, you know, not everybody's in the office all the time. It's still a hybrid workspace. Um, so I still have to use that, but that's definitely been the biggest thing. What's in store for the Columbia Chronicle? What are readers to expect? Well, uh, there will be another print issue coming up in early December. Um, so that should be very exciting. That's going to be sort of like a year in review slash holiday type issue. Um, so that'll be really fun and exciting. Um, but other than that, you know, it's going to be a lot of what you've been seeing of, you know, just rolling out the online digital content on a daily basis. Um, and I got to say, I'm really proud of our staff for especially like this past like week or two. Um, we've been really pumping out a lot of like really, you know, gritty kind of content, like the really important campus type stuff um, that the community really needs to know about. Um, and so I think that, you know, those stories haven't gone away yet. So we're seeing definitely like with the metrics on the stories that, you know, they're really resonating with readers. And so, you know, the we're being very intentional with that. I'm really proud of that. Um, and so those stories haven't gone away, and you'll see more of them. Thank you so much again, Noah, co-editor-in-chief of the Columbia Chronicle. And now with us to wrap up the show is staff reporter Samahir Alburaba. Thanks for joining me. Thank you for having me. Now, you're here to talk about your article, which talks about Columbia seeking to engage sophomores as many navigate their first in-person college experiences. Now, you're a sophomore yourself, right? Yes, I am a sophomore. So... Being a sophomore and your story being about sophomores, how did, how did you connect with this story? So as a sophomore myself, I felt kind of confused. And then when I expressed that opinion um, and how I was feeling online, I found out that other sophomores were confused as well. So I really wanted to make a story that resonates with sophomores and can also inform them on what's going on so that all of us can be on the same page. Now... I know you spoke to one sophomore um, who expressed their disappointment on Instagram when they were told by student leaders that convocation was only for freshmen. And I actually covered convocation, and when I went, I saw a lot of sophomores and juniors, so it seems like there wasn't a lot of um, kind of like 
control like they weren't really controlling who went in and who didn't go in do you happen to know if that student ever went yeah so she didn't end up going um and then when i talked to different leaders they said that there was going to be like a sophomore social so there ended up being more events geared towards sophomores Mm -hmm. specifically um and i guess they wanted sophomores to go to that one well i guess my question for you is did you go to convocation I did end up going to convocation. When I was there, there wasn't really anyone watching who comes in or out. And they didn't I think, check your ID or anything? No. Um, I think a lot of people just ended up going. Um, so, yeah, that goes back to the miscommunication. There was a lot of miscommunication online um, of who was able to go and who wasn't able to go. So, yeah. Yeah, because I think I saw some joggers running in. So I don't think there was any, like any security like monitoring who's going in who's going out right there was nothing i don't think um in terms of people watching who's coming in or not um so yeah i don't think a lot of a lot of the people who saw it online um and saw that it was geared towards new like students um didn't end up going that's unfortunate now i guess this is kind of your opinion i guess do you think convocation should have been open to sophomores I feel like yes, because um, another person I interviewed for my article um, said she really wished that there was just an event for everybody to go to all together um, so that we can meet people from different levels and different grades and try to see who's here and just really explore how diverse the student body is. Um, So yeah, if there's an event soon that happens that everyone can be part of, that would be great. No, yeah, I know you spoke to a few sophomores, such as Ro Kali and Nita Aguilera, who all spoke on the feeling like they didn't get a proper introduction to the school. And they mentioned not knowing how to socialize anymore and feeling a bit awkward on campus. Does, does that resonate with you as a sophomore? Yeah, I think since we obviously had our first year online, um, a lot of us didn't really go through with the college experience that we were hoping for. Um, or one that we expected in the beginning. Um, I wouldn't say it was a bad experience, but it definitely hindered like my like um, like social comfort, like how comfortable I am socializing with people. And um, I think a lot of other sophomores kind of lost that aspect of like a social life during quarantine right. and during just COVID in general. So coming back onto campus, um, a lot of people want to join the events or want to join clubs and sports and stuff like that, but just don't know how. So, yeah, that was an issue that a lot of people um, are facing. You know, I kind of felt the same way when I was a, a sophomore. I, I didn't really know exactly what, how to join the community, and I, I've lived off campus for so long, I've always felt kind of disconnected. You know, and as a reporter now for the Chronicle, I felt like, I, I'm much more in tune with what's going on. But, you know, as you've reported for this story, did you learn ways for how, uh, how sophomores can get more involved? Right. So um, the Chronicle did an interview with um, different faculty, and part of the faculty was um, Sharon Wilson-Taylor. She's the vice president of student affairs. And she mentioned that the program that they're starting for sophomores is called Engage 2.0 which is basically like the engage that they have for freshmen. Um, But in her words, it's the same thing, but just adding a little bit more. So going to a higher level of what they're trying to like give information to us about. 
Um, so there was a sophomore social, and then I know that they do different, like, Zoom rooms, or I think some of them had, like, meetings, like, in person, um, just explaining different things that you should know as a sophomore student at Columbia. Great. Now, I guess we're, we're in about halfway through the semester now, and our midterms are coming up. How do you personally feel like the school has been doing with all of that, try to get the sophomores, um, do you feel engaged? Personally, I feel engaged. Um, I feel like being able to be engaged means actually looking at emails that they send out. They send out a lot of emails about Engage 2.0, um, and a lot of the different sessions that they do is catered towards different people. So depending on what you're interested in or just what you want to know about, um, there's definitely a session for you um, if you think about what you're trying to accomplish here. Um, also, following a lot of the Instagram pages has helped me realize how many events we actually do have and the school's doing their best, the best that they can to try to actually engage all of us. Well, great. Well, thanks so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. This was the Chronicle Headlines. I'm your host, Nathan Serkin. And I'm Amherst Edwards. And, and we'll, we'll see, see you next time. time.